Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. to some TV time. But before we get to that, let's talk about why you're here. Because it's not, it's not for me. I don't think it's for this. And it's not even for all of them. It's for you. Because you're still trying to figure out who the hell you are. How many times you changed your name in the last year? You get an extra tattoo, change your hair to every color of the rainbow because you're desperately trying to fit in anywhere. Whereas here, everyone knows who I am. The AEW Women's World Champion, Dr. Britt Baker, D. They know who you are, Britt. You remind them every week. You're constantly having to shove it down their throats. Yes, they know who you are. The DMD, yeah, they know. But I know you're not accustomed to being told that you're wrong, but you are. I know exactly who the hell I am. Up until now, I just haven't had the freedom to prove it. But, but, but let's, let's flip the script here. Let's talk about you. Because on the surface, you look like... DMD, huh? On the surface, you look like every other broad that I've stepped across the ring from. Entitled, self-centered, and banging some dude in the back. Wow! Oh, hold on! Hold on! What Check the? Shots fired by Soho! Check, please. What the hell? Newark loves that, and they love Ruby Soho. Is it a crime to be in love? And it turns out, it turns out, it turns out that you're just that. I'm just trying to figure out if there's anything more. And I'm just trying to figure out why you are lying to everybody, including yourself. Because you have the audacity to call yourself the runaway. But you didn't run away from anything, Ruby. You got fired. <laughs> Shots returned. <laughs> it's like a roasting session. I love a full it. Clip. 
You're not wrong. You're not wrong, she's not wrong. I did. But it turns out, it was the best damn thing to ever happen to me. Because it brought me right here. It brought me right here to AEW and to this moment where I'm standing into the ring looking into your eyes. And I want you to really look at me, Brett. Look at me. <laughs> wow, this is great. I want you to see the woman that you're messing with. But honestly, I'm surprised you can see much of anything with your head so far up Tony Khan's ass. Wow! What? This is unbelievable! What is <laughs> the fact of the matter is, you can call yourself all your nicknames, you can remind these people who you are, but after Dynamite next week, when I beat your ass in New York City and take your title, the one thing you won't be able to call yourself is AEW Women's World Champion. Wow. What a title match we have. Watch out! Whoa! Britt trying to take a cheap shot at Ruby Soho. Well, it's not Ruby's first rodeo, that's for sure. Smart. That is what we call a money segment, guys. I want to see this match next week in New York City. We might have that. We might have that next We time. might have a new Women's World Champion, and it will be all a part of the Dynamite Grand Slam live next Wednesday night from the Arthur Ashe Stadium in Queens. Yes, uh, Ruby and Britt going... Uh, to the next level with each other. And I think this angle may do that for both performers. Uh, welcome to WrestleWolf. I'm Dr. Damian Gibson, DMD. And uh, before we get into this week's wrestling, let me introduce you to the cast of characters. This is a cast of characters who are on the podcast without being on the podcast. Uh, first, we have uh, Dr. No, I'm the doctor, Sir Matthew K. Fabe, <laughs> uh, occasional co host of the podcast, in constant contact with each other in regards to wrestling. Uh, there's Paul, the news hound, uh, who will send me little news stories from time to time and also let me know what he thinks of the wrestling. Uh, and Kelly, girlfriend, comedian, and new wrestling fan. Um, a bit to get through this week. This a pretty line and length episode of WrestleWolf. Isn't too much to talk about. Um, News-wise, there's the Ric Flair, Tommy Dreamer kerfuffle, which I find interesting in a lot of different ways. Um, we are looking at... Stories that have been around about Ric Flair for years. Um, this kind of behavior, which I'm not condoning by any stretch of the imagination. What I find interesting is that uh, these allegations about Ric Flair... I mean, there's a story... There's a story in Jim Ross's first biography, which was, I think, uh, released just after he was fired slash quit WWE the first time. So that's 2000-something, uh, 10 years ago. There's a whole chapter devoted to a night that Jim spent with Rick where he got a couple of air hostesses drunk and then told, you know managed to get them into his limo that he was driving around in. 
and then essentially just whipped his penis out um and you know the typical rick flair stuff you want to ride space mountain blah blah and the girl you know even in jim's telling the story the girl was very um distraught about the situation but it's kind of just as usual with men of that age well, it's not just that age, but uh, it it's sort of swept aside. It's it's you know, oh, it's all in good fun. It's a joke. Blah 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 blah. I only read that book relatively recently, like a couple of years ago. I remember immediately thinking, "Well, I don't really like Ric Flair anymore, and uh, I don't really like Jim Ross anymore for just facilitating it." I mean, he wasn't condoning it, but he didn't do anything about it either he didn't confront flair about his behavior he didn't you know as far as i know um so there is a part of me that's like well it was only a matter of time before this happened there's stories like this that are everywhere you know because everyone's so desperate to tell stories about rick flair um they're they're in every wrestling book you know anyone who's had anything to do with those old territories or wcw or wwe um as matt mentioned to me last night there's there's a reckoning coming (laughs) there's a lot of stories out there about a lot of famous wrestlers and i'm not gonna um I'm not going to mention any of them here because they're unsubstantiated, but they float around. And um, now that those, I mean, yeah, now that those Ric Flair ones have appeared on Dark Side of the Ring, then, you know, Rick's come out denied it. It's like, well, man, yeah. Anyway, we'll see how that plays out. Uh, from an AW standpoint, I think it was pretty likely that Flair was going to do something with Andrade, who is, from what it appears for all intents and purposes, uh, Ric Flair's son-in-law. Um, that won't be happening with AW anytime soon. Tommy Dreamer uh, actually watched his um, talking head talking about it. And there, there is a part of me that's like, well, you know, he is entitled to his opinion, seeing that he was there. Um, and at first I'm like, ah, oh, you know, the, the first couple of lines I was like, ah, oh, I feel like Tommy's maybe been done, been hard done by here. And then by the end of his segment, you're like, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, man. Victim blaming, not believing women with sexual. I mean, it's just, it's the same shit. It's the same shit that breeds uh, these problems of like not uh, not taking accountability for your actions and and being a real man about it. You know, there's a lot of bravado that goes on in pro wrestling about being a man and what that means and blah blah. And uh, I would have thought it would have been owning up to your actions and being responsible for them. Uh, Anyway, so Tommy's been uh, suspended from Impact, which is absolutely the right decision. Um, I understand that he was on the TV show. I understand he was asked for his opinion. Um, there was a way for him to propagate that Rick was not um, doing anything wrong in his mind without coming across as being completely unfeeling to not just um, the woman 
in this story, but um, just anyone who has been a victim of any kind of sexual abuse whatsoever. Um, it's It'll be a learning curve for Tommy, I'm sure. Um, I don't know if he needs to be ostracized completely out of wrestling altogether, um, but it wasn't smart. Um, if he doubles down on his comments and stuff, then that's going to be... That's going to be rough for Tommy. But uh, the whole thing is a mess. And, um, yeah, I don't know, man. Dark Side of the Ring, I don't know whether it's a... <laughs> um, <clears throat> I mean, the stories, are, the stories are real. So, ultimately, this is probably something that needs to happen. It's a very dark catharsis of the past of pro wrestling. And um, it's probably something that needs to be... Uh, they're probably stories that need to have a light shone on them, and um, we, as a as a fandom, as a as a group of people who are interested in a specific subject, in a specific uh, sport or entertainment, whatever you want to call it, um, it's an opportunity to think on these things, lament a lot of them, uh, and then move forward. I think uh, and make sure that they don't happen again. Um. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Big E is the WWE champion. That's fucking sick. That's great. Uh, I'm. I don't. There's no. There's no. Uh, there's no follow up. There's no bad. Um, you know. There's no bad mouthing of WWE here. I, I think. Um, I think maybe they pulled the trigger on. Bub, uh, on. Bubba on big on big E because all out was such a success maybe maybe we know that Vince will do things at the last minute but anyway it doesn't really matter in context it you know in 10 years time it won't matter it, it will <clears throat> just show that two uh two black men uh competed for the WWE championship on raw which that in itself is, is a big deal and um, the Big E won. And I think he can be a legitimately amazing champion. And the idea of him and Roman going head-to-head uh, is one of the few levers they've got to pull, but it's the most obvious one and the one that genuinely makes me think about watching some WWE products. So well done, WWE, for making the right booking call. This is the right booking call. And also, like, congratulations to Big E. I mean, for the amount of work he has done in that company for such a long period of time, starting off as Dolph Ziggler's bodyguard and, you know, all those kind of Vince things, tropes and rings and hoops that you have to jump through. I mean, just for those three guys to get the New Day gimmick over it is an amazing feat of perseverance and creativity and positivity, you know, like it genuinely is. So, um... Well done to all three of those guys. They must have been over the moon. I hope this isn't a Kofi run for Big E. I hope this is a long-standing feud. I mean, they could really build this up till to WrestleMania. I know there's a lot of talk about Rock versus Roman at WrestleMania. I think that's wrong. I think you have the two champions on SmackDown and Raw um, have an ongoing feud. They can wrestle other people. They don't have to just wrestle each other to have a feud. That's not 
you know, we see that with AEW all the time, that that doesn't affect the story if you bring other people in and out of it. Uh, and you have the two of them, you know, go for a double belt. You have a double belt co-head, like you have a double belt headline match at WrestleMania. Um, you know, winner takes all. Um, and if you want to have Roma win that uh, to to make him the all-conquering Roman Reigns, great. that's a great storyline. Um, if you give it to Big E, that's also an amazing storyline. So it, that there's no losers here if you don't fuck up the book. You've just got to do straight-ahead booking. That's going to be the theme of, of today's podcast is when you put really good people into angles with booking that you know is going to work, you get a great product. Uh, and WWE, look, hats off, man. From I haven't watched a lot of it, but from what I've seen with Big E, that's what they're doing. Great. <laughs> great. Uh, you know, get your booking fixed. And then the next thing you do is stop doing dodgy business practices and then maybe people won't be so hard on WWE. But um, anyway, Raw's airing as I'm recording this, so we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Um, let's just get into Dynamite. CM Punk uh, coming out, New Jersey crowd losing it. Um, I, there was a part of me last week that was like, am I going to get sick of this? I mean, this is every week. No. <laughs> he comes out, does a lap around, and then is doing commentary. And I was like, oh, man, this seems weird. But it pays off later on in the episode. They follow up that follow up with uh, Punk, who's really good on commentary, by the way, um, being with Adam Cole coming out. And CM Punk says that he's scouting Adam Cole, which, yes, please, give me all of that. Um, next up, we had a nice build for MJF and Brian Pillman. Uh, JR's great in these one-on-one interviews, man. He really is uh, where where he can be edited. I think that's I think that's my big thing with JR now is that he needs edit points. And uh, although look, I've got to say, he has stepped up a little bit uh, since Punk, Cole, Brian, and Soho have arrived. Um. But that kind of makes me even angrier about his performance for the year and a half before that, <laughs> where it's like, okay, well, you had the ability to do the thing that I kept asking you to do on every single podcast, but you just didn't want to. But now that some big names have shown up, that you got, you've got your head in the game. Anyway. Um, Pillman, for the second week in a row, did a really good job as a babyface on a promo, which is, I, I genuinely think that's the hardest thing to do in pro wrestling. To cut, a, to cut babyface promos and to keep people uh, engaged with you and involved in you. Because the fun thing as a fan, and I imagine as a wrestler, are heel promos. You know, like they're, they're always where like the funniest stuff happens or the nastiest stuff. And it's usually where the majority of stories get pushed along. Because the heel is the disruption in the story. And then the, the face will, will respond to that. But Pillman's really good at it. He's really good at it, uh, especially for someone so young who hasn't really had that much TV time. I mean, he he comes across as a little nervous, but he's doing it. He's he's really doing it. Uh, it was great to see the old Christian Christian back, uh, firing off at Adam Cole. Legitimately, you know, like having some pot shots about him being uh, in development for five years and stuff. Great. Uh, 
Christian and Luce, uh, the Lucha, uh, Lucha Express versus the Elite um, is a great match for Grand Slam and another one of those Tony Khan bookings where I was like, what? Oh, actually, that yeah, sick. <laughs> um, the Layla Hirsch-Jade uh, Cargill match, it was okay. The one thing I would say is Layla Hirsch did this thing where uh, Cargill got her up to do her sort of power bomb, like front facing power bomb finish, and Hirsch had this look on her face like, ah, fuck. And I hadn't really, I don't think I've really seen that before. Um, it was just fantastic stuff, it really was. Jay Cargill's going to be such a huge star, man. As long as she keeps doing the work. Um, gets better and better in the ring. She's got the promo down. She's just, I mean, she's a machine to print money for AEW if they, they book her correctly, which they usually always do. Uh, I liked Andrade's promo this week, uh, even though it was in English rather than Spanish. Now, if you haven't listened to the podcast before, uh, I, Andrade is a really strong promo when he's doing it in Spanish. His English is limited and he just... Uh, a lot of the time when he does promos, he comes across as a little stagnant because he's thinking about what he has to say next and blah, blah, blah. And my argument has just always been, let him cut promos in Spanish and put subtitles under underneath them if you're doing backstage stuff and have a manager for him in ring. But he doesn't, his whole character is that he's like this boss and he's going to... It's very obvious that he's going to try and get the Lucha Bros into his stable and all that kind of thing. So um, he doesn't need to speak. If he's that big and powerful, the less he speaks, the more powerful he'll seem. So I just, I don't know, these promos. But anyway, this promo was good. I think him turning on Chavo makes him look big. Uh, Yeah, which was the objective of the angle. So they've done that really well. Uh, The Team Taz beat down a punk was cool. Um, the sound and vision of this made it sound legit. It made it sound like Punk had really gotten hurt. Um, and, and I loved it. It was a testament to Punk putting his body on the line for, for the angle. Really like that. Um, the Brian Danielson-Kenny Omega promo was a great example of how direct storytelling works for AEW. Brian wants to test himself against the best in the world. So he's come to AEW to challenge Kenny Omega. Hence, he's the face. Kenny's been ducking him. Hence, he's the heel. Even though it's been for a week or so, but, you know, it's enough to make him the heel. Uh, But it works. Brian goads the heel into a match by playing on his pride. You know, well, you keep saying that you're the best. I think I'm the best. If you don't want to wrestle me, you know, it's starting to look a little bit like you think I'm the best. Because why wouldn't you wrestle me? If you're the best and I'm not, wrestle me and prove it. You know, and then of course, uh, you know, Kenny accepts. So we've got the match. The face looks smart. The people get the match that they want. And it's just good straight ahead booking because the people involved in this angle are so good, they'll color in, they'll color it in with their own personality and their own little bits. The structure needs to be relatively similar all the time. 
that's the one thing that Vince and and Bruce and all the guys at WWE have drifted away from. Just you know, thinking that the obvious angle, the territory booking, um, which WWE used to do really well when I was a kid, um, was too basic. You know, people get bored of that. I I genuinely think the Attitude Era really fucked up WWE <laughs> in the sense of like, well, we can't do that anymore. People don't want that. We've got to try and do something else. And now they're in this weird, like, they're their own worst enemy. But AEW are just straight ahead like, look, man, Daniel, we've got Brian Daniels and we don't need to fuck around with overly convoluted storylines we've got brian danielson he wants to like in real life he wants to wrestle kenny omega kenny omega wants to wrestle with brian danielson you know we're gonna get that you know seven star tokyo dome (laughs) match that that everyone wants so let's just get to it you don't need too much storyline because it it writes itself but the little bit of story that they did do this week i thought was masterful in how restrained it was um Moxinetti versus Garcia and 2.0 angle is another one that I didn't really pick. This is a sort of ongoing thing that I didn't pick that I would really be into, but I'm probably more into it than the the Suzuki and uh, Murderhawk angle, the Lance Archer angle. Uh, even though I've enjoyed that a little bit as well, and I'm I, I would be happy with either. But the 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 AEW recipe of um, established star versus young up and comer. Um, I I really love, and I think um, I think that's what I like about the Daniel Garcia. I want I want to see more of Daniel Garcia. I think he's he's really interesting. He's got something about him. Um, I know I've used the Brian Danielson um comparison before, but I it's just very obvious to me. Um. This is a big call from me, but I think Garcia's got a little more charisma than Danielson as well. So it could be anything. Um, yeah, good episode of Dynamite. Jersey crowd were really into it. It was awesome. Uh, we're just going to duck into Impact for a little bit. Um, just a couple of points here from Impact. Violent by Design um, is a good example of why a faction can work for everyone involved. The four parts of that faction aren't really, even on impact, they're not really anything. Um, You know, I mean, there'd be a few people who are into each wrestler, but not that many. You put them together and give them just something, even just a slither of storyline, which they have, which is essentially that they're kind of a bit of a cult um, and are being led by one person. Uh, to be bad guys, that's enough. You don't need any more than that in wrestling. It doesn't need to be any more convoluted than that. And it works. You know, it really works. Like every week when I'm watching Impact, I'm like, oh, Violent by Design. Like it always makes me look up from my computer or whatever it is that I'm doing while I'm watching it. You know, they always they always get me. I just, again, Impact does a lot of those basics correctly that even though when you're looking at cards or you're looking at rosters that, you know, there probably isn't, that much excitement there for impact um but because the basics are covered um you walk away like at the end of every impact i'm always like oh that was pretty good 
And they did that in the final match this week as well. The five, they basically said to their audience, this is who's who in the zoo. Here's our top five faces, you know, Christian and, um, oh God, now I'm forgetting, Chris Sabian, those guys. And here's our top heels, uh, Moose, Ace Austin, blah, 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 blah. Here's our top five faces. Here's our top five heels. They're going to have a match. And really, even though it's, you know, it's leading, it's got storylines coming in and out of it. It's essentially just a place setting match to be like, here's our top 10 guys. Right. And here are the faces. Here are the heels. Now, you know who everybody is because there's more people watching impact all the time. Let's move forward with our stories. I just thought it was really, um, yeah, I mean, like, it's very mechanical and workmanlike in the sense of, like, well, it makes sense, but it's just very refreshing. <laughs> uh, jump ac- back across AEW for Rampage on Friday night. Uh, great first up match for the Lucha Bros against Butcher and the Blade. I know Matt would have been very happy to have seen the Butcher and the Blade back. Um I was really enjoying this match and then it just kind of fell apart a little bit at the end. There were so many tag teams that appeared. I kind of just lost track and stopped caring a little bit. Kind of late 90s WCW booking here. Where oh we've got to get all we've got to get everybody on TV, so uh we'll have five run-ins at the end of the match. You know, it wasn't quite that many, but it was a lot. Um Fuck. Orange Cassidy's now in a hair match with Matt Hardy. I know I know I keep banging on about this, and I know it will be over relatively soon, and I know Orange Cassidy will beat Matt Hardy and it's it's to build up Orange Cassidy. But I just can't handle it. I, I love Orange Cassidy so much and I am so not interested in Matt Hardy. This storyline is ruin, ruining Orange Cassidy for me. <laughs> I know that to most people listening to this, it's going to sound like a huge overreaction because, you know, there's probably a lot of people like, this is great. I love Matt Hardy. I love Orange Cassidy, blah, blah, blah. But it just, to me, it continues. And the longer it continues, the more it seems to me, it comes across to me that uh, there isn't a huge amount of value placed on Orange Cassidy. Um, I'm sure I'm sure Tony Khan would disagree with me. I'm sure there's a lot of AEW fans that would disagree with me, but that's just how I feel every time these matches happen. Uh, as we heard at the beginning of the store, uh, as we heard at the beginning of the show, Ruby and Britt basically stole this episode, maybe the week, uh, with this promo. And you know, everyone want everyone wants to see Ruby come to AEW and do well because she was at WWE for so long and you could see that the you could see that there was a huge amount of talent there you could see that all the girls loved her um you know when the announcement happened that she was leaving WWE there was just reams and reams and reams of good you know well wishes and good lucks from from WWE people and it's always a pretty good you know put it this way i didn't see many people doing the same thing for Braun Strowman <laughs> when he left now i don't who knows he might be a lovely guy everyone might love him but i just you know um but i didn't expect uh to be 
so when she came to AEW, uh, won the the Casino Royale Battle Royale um, to take on Britt Baker, I was like, oh, that's cool. I'm into that. After this week, I'm like, holy shit. Where's the where, where's the merch table? I want to buy all the Ruby Soho merch. Uh, both of these guys were so good. It, it's it's also a testament to uh, quality working with quality, and both of them, you know, raising each other up. Uh, rising tides raises all boats. Is that right? Oh God, I should don't go off script, Damien. Um, yeah, can't wait to see more like this seems like this feels like an angle that could go for a long time and people wouldn't get sick of it Uh, so i hope that's done so less orange cassidy and matt hardy more ruby soho and Britt baker uh and then we finish with the fuego miro angle which i know is a placeholder um we're gonna get something this week I was sure that Eddie Kingston was going to take on Miro for the TNT title in New York. I just was absolutely certain of it. We still might get something this week. Um, But anyway, I mean, Miro killed Fuego in this match and then Sammy Guevara came down um, and stood tall with the TNT title. Now, I'm not... I'm into Sammy Guevara having a mid-card title run um, or at least a go at it. Um, but Eddie Kingston in New York, man, it's right there. Uh, the only thing I can think of is that they just don't want to take the belt off Mirror because he's doing a fantastic job with it. And it's essentially, it, it, the TNT title has essentially become the Rampage title and I think they probably feel more comfortable with that belt on Miro than they do a Sammy Guevara or uh, Eddie Kingston. But who knows? Uh, I, had a, I had a good week. I had a, a fun week watching wrestling this week. I didn't get to watch as much of it as I would have liked, but uh, it was nice to... It was not, God, it was nice to get some nice good news out of wwe <laughs> you know like it was just like oh man you guys are still capable of like creating those moments that make people happy and that's great um and AEW was super solid just so much set up in both of these episodes going into next week uh in new york at grand slam uh so dynamite and rampage will be coming from arthur ash stadium in new york i think it's thirty thousand seats thirty five thousand seats and it's sold out um so huge huge for AEW um and I think could be another watershed moment in where the needle is as far as the world of wrestling is concerned um yeah uh I'd like to thank AEW for um getting some uh, media accreditation this week from them so um yeah even more of an AEW shill now but uh that will mean that hopefully I can try and get in the uh, back door for some of the media scrums afterwards and stuff like that. So we'll see if we can make that happen. Um, you watched, uh, got sent some media scrums where I, yeah. Anyway, I won't go into that too much. It sounds like I'm tooting my own horn, but that's great. So hopefully we'll actually get some 
verified AW content this week. I was uh, sent the AW All Access podcast a little early this week so I could listen to it. And they, Tony and Aubrey were talking about their All Out experiences. Aubrey just talking about freaking out about seeing Daniel Bryan, uh, you know, in the production position. Um, you know, kicking and punching like he was getting ready for a fight. And she was just like, holy shit, it's Brian Danielson. <laughs> this is huge. Uh, and Tony was talking about how um, no one really knew it was C- CM Punk was debuting until it happened. Uh, he was called a special guest on the... Um, people had a good idea, but Tony Khan was still not mentioning his name until he debuted uh, because he wanted the reactions to be real. And uh, they are. If you go back and listen to those to those commentary segments, it's it's pretty great. It's pretty real. Um, but yeah, hopefully we'll have a bit more of that content. Um, I keep charting <laughs> every week uh, in more countries. Uh, Canada this week. I, I can't. Um, Norway. Uh, like it's um weird. So thank you. Um, I was really worried when Matt had to step away from the podcast that we were um gonna lose our pretty loyal audience. Um, relatively small, but you know loyal. <laughs> um, and uh, I sort of changed the format a little bit, and that seems you guys seems to 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 really like that, and it's growing, and that's amazing it genuinely shocks me all the time um so thank you very much keep telling your friends keep listening keep downloading um we're at wrestlewolf pod on twitter uh we're wrestlewolf podcast on facebook uh we're wrestlewolf podcast at gmail.com if you want to send us an email and, and disagree with something that i've said i spout a lot of opinions on here so you know um yeah But until next week, my friends, may your wrestling be good wrestling.
So hard.